Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. All right, well, you got to hear a little bit of behind the scenes there, everybody. You're welcome. Enjoy that. Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, live at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yes, indeed. We are Flieger and Briggs. If you didn't know that by now, you should. We are live from Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Having a great time on Radio Row. Bear with us as we try to work through, uh, looks like some, uh, let's just get rid of that music there, working through some uh, technical difficulty. That's it. Sounds a little better, Rick. I think they can hear us. So you're just looking at me disappointedly as no, always. No, I mean, I'm just looking at the meter here. You seem to be registering a lot more than I am, so I have no idea what uh, is actually going on. But we hope you can hear us clearly because we are live from Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think they're now fully aware, Rick, that we are live at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So having a great time here Saturday, 4 o'clock. About Did I mention we were live from Canton, Ohio? I think, you're, football, uh, Hall of I, I think you may be a little bit excited about right. that, Rick. Yeah, That's I'm, what I'm, I'm starting to gather I'm here. actually not, but... Uh, oh, how about that? Try that. There we go. Let's just keep smashing buttons here. So. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's reset and let's start over again. You got it. Live at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. We are Flieger and Briggs. If you did not know that by now, you certainly should. And, you know, one of our buddies, Bob Long, from the FF Consistency Show, is supposed to be dropping by later on during the show. And uh, hopefully his microphone will work. It's all set up. But, uh, boy, I tell you, we had a good time at Media Day yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff, obviously. Uh, being, being Steeler fans, can't lie about that. That's what we do, get the chance to meet Jerome Bettis, chance both of us to talk to Jerome Bettis. Real insightful talk. Talk to Tim Brown. I believe you talked a, a good bit to Ron Wolf. Uh, had a interesting run in with Charles Haley. We'll get to <laughs> all that later in the show. This, this has been quite a weekend already. Yes, indeed. We also talked to Will Shields, and um, you know we did not get to talk to uh, Bill Polian. He kind of left, and you got a priceless audio from Charles Haley. There's yeah, no me, question about it. I'll tell you that. what, let me see, Rick, if I could get that up right now and, and just play that okay, for everybody doing that, right off the bat. What we did, because we try to cover everything that we can, and um, Rick started over with Jerome Bettis. I started over with Tim Brown. And, um, you know, we kind of worked towards each other, and then we kind of pass each other on the way and, and do that kind of thing. Well, I did Tim Brown, and then I went to Wheel Shields. You did it again, did. Rick. Wheel Shields. Wheel Shields. There you yeah, go. Tough to say ten times. <laughs> tough to say once for you. <laughs> Apparently. And Rick was over by Charles Haley somewhere in between. Well, when I got done with Mr. Shields, I was going over to um, try to interview Charles Haley, and I noticed he was gone. Yeah, he was gone, buddy, about 20 minutes in. And you got a... Priceless video or audio, and we're going to play that yeah, right now. Yeah, uh, if, if you got kids in the room with you, you may want to give them the old uh, earmuffs, so, so children earmuffs. I hope this is going to play, Rick, based on uh, past performances. I'm having my doubts, but let's give it a shot here. And, of course, Rick, it didn't play, did it? If it did, it did not come over. I think uh, just the, the background noise at the hall right now. And you're cutting us out. Yeah, so uh, 
Well, but anyway, go to AsylumFantasySports.com, and you can hear that. It is priceless yeah, audio. Yeah, trust AsylumFantasySports.com. It's only about three seconds long, but it, it's one you're certainly not going to yeah, miss. Put the this head- is going to drive me nuts, Rick. The opening bed played. Yeah. <laughs> why, is, why is this not playing? Put the headphones know. on and uh, go to AsylumFantasySports.com and listen to it. As a matter of fact, there's a whole lot of them up there, so... Go to AsylumFantasySports.com and, and listen to them all after our show. Well, yeah, certainly after the show. Well, you could probably do both, no question about that. I would highly suggest you stick with us the whole way through oh, okay. this live show. All right. So, Rick, let, let, let's talk a little bit about it. Obviously, 2015 class, Jerome Bettis heads that class. It is all Jerome all the time. I, I got to tell you, man, Canton has turned into to mini Pittsburgh. I have never seen so many Steeler fans. We were here last year, Rick. Nothing like this whatsoever. Just the mass of people everywhere you go. And I would venture to say 95% of the uh, calling here is all Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few Raiders here with with Tim Brown, and you know, just here and there, Chiefs dotted around. And I Vikings. did run into the uh, Vikings cheerleaders in the gift shop a little while ago, and I got to tell you, that man yeah. stink. You know, some silly geese uh, running around yeah. up in the gift shop. If if you're somehow listening to this from uh, the Hall of Fame, run up to the gift shop real quick. Uh, you can thank me later. And you also uh, went out. I was uh, finishing up in here. You went outside to, uh, you know, suck on one of your cigars That's and happened to run into the beard coming back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, fear the beard. Brett Kiesel, I, I got lucky. I was the first one to run into him. And then a, pro, a conservative estimate of 78,000 Steeler fans <laughs> recognized who he was at once. And, you know, I wasn't at Iwo Jima, but I have to kind of imagine that's what it it looked like to the Japanese. It was just insanity. I'm not sure he's made it in the door yet. (laughs) Oh, I imagine he probably got through it. Well, if he got (laughs) sick of it enough, you just put your shoulder down and take him down. But, yeah, Steeler Nation representing big. Like I said, we got the enshrinement coming up tonight. We'll be there. We'll get you uh, some coverage, some live updates at Asylum Football for that. You're also not going to want to miss our coverage of tomorrow's 2015 Pro Football Hall of Fame game, Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, you feel a little bit bad for the Steeler fans and for the asylum as it came across the crawl on ESPN this morning that, uh, you know, most guys are going to play with the exception of Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Martavis Bryant. So that ought to be a fun, uh, fun first quarter for all Steeler fans. Yeah, you always would like to see at least that one series that we're just not going to get. I mean, look, they're playing five games. They're not, they don't need to be playing in this one, so they're just not going to. So, it, you know, it, it sticks in my mind that normally in this game, just based on it being the first, the national game, these guys will get a, little, get a look. I believe we saw, remember, Rick, two series out of Eli Manning when the Jets played in this game last year. But I, I get it. Why risk injury? No word yet on whether or not Adrian Peterson's going to play. I'm sincerely hoping that he does because this is a guy I've never seen play live, and I'm at least hoping we get the chance to meet him. Right? Yeah, that would be nice. I'm not real sure he's going to be playing either. We haven't seen anything or heard anything to the contrary that he is or isn't, but uh, I'd be very surprised if he plays, considering Minnesota's playing five games as well. Yeah, that being said, he hasn't played football in uh, going on two years now. Good so you, point. So you wonder if he's going to insist on at least getting himself a, a, a series or two, so we'll look forward to that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, before we get into anything fantasy or anything, 
we're just going to be discussing some of the the happenings we've had in the last few days. I tell you what, Ooh. you know, since we're on, since we like to rant sometimes, you know, we went up to um, up to the stadium and we were trying to oh my God. <laughs> trying to shoot a, a few things here, you know, just to put on the site and to send to uh, you know various other places. And it was the most brutal <laughs> afternoon that I have spent in some time. I have a hard time. Not... All right, well, now, I, now I got some more work. But I, I still can't get uh, Charles okay. to play. But, it may uh, have been pretty low because you were kind of, uh, it was kind of fading away as he was departing. Yeah. So you may have just have to put it on headphones and listen to it. But getting back to trying to shoot some uh, promos and such at the stadium, it was almost impossible. <laughs> National media sucks. Yeah, that's all there is to it. I'm just going to say it. NFL Network, F you. <laughs> that's what I have to say. Just can't get anything done. You know, you know you're going to deal with distractions, testing the PA system. They let uh, fans in. I'd like to know what these people paid to go up and have their picture taken on the stage. There's about 1,000 people standing in line for that. And then anytime you set up and just about start talking, they start all of the national media gathers behind you and essentially starts doing the chicken dance. So <laughs> that, that that was a lot of fun for us. Yeah, it was it was really fun standing there, and then they just kind of start hovering around you and setting up stuff. Yeah, well, and, which is what they're there to do, but it, you have to start to feel like it's intentional after a while. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah, so let's, let's go be back. positive That's here. That's right. We're, we're positive. This is a great weekend. This is a happy weekend and uh, having the time of our life. So let's jump back to media day, Rick. A lot of, lot of interesting stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know if my takes on this is going to be very popular. Obviously a great tragedy, what happened to Junior Seau. This has become Junior Seau weekend, and, and these guys in their discussions with in, in the media day, every other Hall of Famer. The first question, the third question, and the last question was entirely 100% about Junior Seau. Most of them handled it, or all of them handled it very graciously. It's, uh, it, but it, it, it was odd to me. It almost seemed to you know, take the spotlight a lot off of these other guys who did equally as much work to get here today. And, it, you know, it wasn't so much the questions about him you know, especially to the players that played in the same era with him, you know, Tim Brown and so forth. But the order of it, it was just no, I mean, like you said, from the get-go, it was not congratulations, Tim Brown, or what happened in your career, you know, during, you know, all the years when you were earning your right to come to to Canton. It was, did you know Junior Seau? Right. Um, did you talk to him? Did you like him? Right. I mean, and it was like, I am just, you know, and, and I am by no means some veteran reporter no, by, no, by any right. stretch yeah. of imagination. We're, we're a couple of donkeys running around here. Don't get it mistaken. But, you know, I asked him about the years he played with some of the quarterbacks he played. I mean, obviously you want to try to find out a little bit about Junior Seau, but couldn't you do it on your second or third question? Yeah, yeah, you would think. I think you get there. You know what I mean? And and there's this one kid running around. He asks the same question. We, we seem to just be running in the same circles the entire time. 
His only question to everybody was, have you run into Junior Seau's family, and has your family basically adopted him as yours for the weekend? I think it's an absurd question. What are they going to say? Nah, nah, I saw his daughter, and I told her to pound sand. This is my time. You know? Right. I don't know what they're supposed to say. And what now, if they don't even know the family? Right, and they probably don't. They, yeah. most, of, most of the answers were, well, we met him last night. I've really only been here about 12 hours. You know, We're certain... Yeah, the answers tended to be, we're all a family now. We're a class into the Pro Football right. Hall of Fame. This is a brotherhood now. So, I, I don't know. I, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Right? Look, Junior Seau clearly belongs to be here. In, in my lifetime, we're, we're starting to get enough into the modern era that players I watched and I was in awe of growing up are, are starting to get into the Hall of Fame. You know, Jerome Bettis being chief among them, but Junior Seau was one of those guys. But just because of what happened and the way it happened, it, it seemed to certainly take away from everybody else. And I'll tell you what, you, the only real, everything was glowing praise, as you would expect. However, there was one answer. It came from Tim Brown, who it seemed to me was clearly friends with Junior Seau. Right. Now, I'm hoping this is going to play. We didn't have any luck with the Charles Haley audio. I'm going to spike this as much as I can, so I don't know if the equalization is going to be bad. Yeah, we're just having a hard time. There's a lot of folks here on Radio Row, so we're having a tough time getting any audio to process. I don't even know what this is going to sound like, but I'm going to try to play it here. Tim Brown, a very, very honest answer. Nah, it doesn't look like it's good. No, it's just, I can hear it in headphones, but it's not registering on the meter. So what I'm going to tell you, because here's the headline of the story. He's, he's got a hard time not being upset at Junior. Yeah, that's a very honest answer. And when you're dealing with when you're dealing with a suicide, yeah, it's not going to play well enough. For we apologize for that. It, like we said, it is crazy right here. And anything, there we go. Yeah, we'll try to get rid of it here. Yeah, but basically, what he said is he's got a hard time not being upset with Junior. That's precisely what he said. And that the situation he left his family in, that it all he had to do was make one phone call to Tim Brown, or he said any of forty. NFL players and they'd have been in San Diego within an hour and they could have worked through this and I believe he talked to you a little bit about uh, something with was it with Marcus Allen Rick yeah him and Marcus Allen and I'm not sure the exact I'd have to go back and listen to the audio but I know that there were different golf tournaments that they all had you know to benefit this and that charity and they were at apparently Tim Brown and Marcus Allen had planned to talk to Junior Seau jointly at, I believe it was Tim Brown's benefit golf tournament. And they had agreed that they wanted to talk to him. Well, just so happened, something happened. Marcus Allen didn't make it to that tournament. But the next week, I believe, was Junior Seau's tournament. Okay. So they were going to um, get together and talk to him there. Well... 36 hours after Tim Brown's tournament is when he committed suicide. Right. And they never got to talk yeah, to him. Never got the opportunity. So, uh, you know, so, some real honesty from Tim Brown there. And it, it's something I don't think you're going to see discussed much this weekend. You know, there was the discussion about the Hall of Fame wasn't going to let uh, Seau's daughter speak, that they've had this policy for several years, that they, they don't allow family members for uh, previously deceased. And I believe they've relented on that, if I'm not mistaken, after just a massive public outcry. Right. So, well, Rick, we are doing the same thing. 
<laughs> oh, is that this is, him? Is this is the our Bob, Bob Long, Long joining us? Bob, how you doing? This is uh, Bob Long from the FF Consistency. Have a seat. Sorry we don't have headphones for you, but uh, we're a little limited here. <laughs> I'd like to turn your microphone on. We might be able to hear you then. Yeah, let's go ahead I, and talk. Make sure we got you here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we got you good. We'll give I you a little we more there game there. All right. Is it always this crazy? It wasn't this crazy last year. They said that this is the most people they've ever had come in for this. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen when Brett Favre comes in? What's going to happen yeah, when Peyton Manning gets induction? next year, right? You know, um, but, you know, that's what they want. And as I mentioned last week on the show, you know, they're, they're playing this village. They're planning all kinds of stuff. So they want it to be bigger. Where are they going to put it all? Well, trying. all these houses you now see, <laughs> yeah. a couple years you won't see. Uh, well, uh, okay. Where am I going to park then? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, now I, trust know. me, I have a tough time parking, and i got passes to park pretty much where I want. Yeah, so, exactly. No doubt um, about that. You know? but, uh, Boy, this is just uh, everybody we know coming oh, in here yeah. now. Dennis Farrell the just walked Dan- in. Oh, the yes. Dennis Farrell. The house. Uh, now, for, for everybody who knows both Bob and Dennis, right. a scene we didn't see, but what I envisioned. It will be on Twitter place. once we get it put if, together. If you've been in the Hall of Fame village as it sits now, they basically mm-hmm. have a football field rolled out, vendors mm-hmm. everywhere. Well, Dennis and Bob were texting back and Exactly. Forth, and luckily we were on this text. Right. And they were looking for each other. <laughs> and then at one point they finally saw each other. And did you, do you remember in Forrest Gump, <laughs> when Forrest Gump was on the stage at the Vietnam <laughs> protest on the National Mall in Washington, and Jenny recognized him, and they ran through the reflecting pool and embraced, and that was Bob spinning Dennis around. It was a it was, beautiful, beautiful It was beautiful. Thing. It was. <laughs> now you're bringing tears out, I guess. Yeah, they, they, here we stop, go again. Bring up a rough memory. And then, Den- <laughs> and then Dennis said, I have to pee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that, that was the John Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Bob, you're driving Charles Haley around. Charles Haley. How, how's that going? Oh my gosh! It's uh, last year I had John Madden, and and to say oh, it's night and, to say it's <laughs> night and day, um, it's night and day. Uh, Charles is uh, not does not have a loss for words. Um, <laughs> we uh, we can attest to that because Mr. Flager captured priceless audio from Media Day on him, which about maybe what. Two other people in the world right. caught that yeah. exact yeah. St- statement. So it, it is about 20 minutes in. I'm ready to ask my first question. He stands up, wipes off his brow, and uh, kids at home earmuffs said, "This shit is done." And he walked out the door, and we never saw him again. <laughs> so uh, apparently, he'd had enough of media day. We have the audio. I can't get anything to play. Oh, that's here, fantastic. So no, and that doesn't surprise me because that's um, that's pretty much how he is. Um, when it's time, it's time. Yeah. There, there is, I mean, we were at a function. He did a charity function last night up in Akron uh, for a local um, uh, charity in the, in the area. And I was there, and the thing was supposed to end at 10. But, you know, it's ten. It's like 10.02, and things are, you know, everybody's having a good time. The thing, you know, just people just right. you know, lots of picture-taking, hugging, you know, high-fiving, various stuff like that. And all of a sudden, at 10.05, he walks over, he goes, like you said, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's his function, and yeah, he's right. leaving two hundred people just standing there, yeah. and they're all waving goodbye. Well, it was till ten o'clock. It was time buddy. to go. <laughs> I tell you what, he hasn't been at a loss for words about the Alden Smith situation. Though. That's amazing. Threatening to uh, leave Hall of Fame weekend early and go deal with <laughs> go deal with Alden. You know, it's interesting because um, uh, he I, and I don't remember exactly the nickname, and I won't say because I don't want to get it wrong. But <clears throat> he's been on the phone quite a bit. 
talking to somebody, and I assume it's Alden Smith because I did see it wow. on his phone as a name, you know, as a law. Right, yeah. And uh, a lot of talk with him, and I, I heard comments like, I'll be there. You need me there, right. I'll be there. Um, and so now I think that, he was talking to us. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> what it was, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's no question that he's taken this kid under his wing and really wants this kid to succeed. Um, And I think he said it best in one of his conversations on the phone that I heard, which was simply, um, you know, uh, I'll be there when you need me to be there, and uh, you just call me and tell me when. Right. And so... Um, it's great that he wants to do this, um, but I think the, the, the other comment that I heard was, but he also has to do it for himself. Oh, absolutely. And, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, he has to take the steps to, to want to be helped. Exactly. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a shame, uh, again, to have that much talent as, as Alden has. Uh, I think that's where Charles is, you know. And Charles said to him the one time, he goes, look, you know, I've had these issues in my past, right. and I want to be there for you, but you've got to want to help yourself. And, um, again, at the time I didn't really put it yeah. the two and two together until I saw the news, news scenario, um, saw the phone, and went, you know, good for him wanting to help because he'd been there, he had issues, um, got help. You know, helped himself. And that was basically the whole basis of him being released by San Francisco is he just has trouble accepting responsibility for what he did. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I have a hard time buying he wasn't going to be released anyhow, but their GM now is saying it was simply because in their conversation, I think the GM was the one who got him out of prison, if I'm not mistaken, and said he wouldn't take any responsibility for it. I know he's still denying it now. I don't, it's kind of hard to deny being hammered. And, two o'clock in the afternoon and <laughs> right so um like i said it's it's cool to see charles wanting to help right uh and, and is there for him and 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 i hope he does you know it, it would be a great story um he's a great talent you know but you know so is josh gordon so right is you know exactly so um, yeah, we, we see this story far, far too often. So. Um, you know, and to have that much talent, to have that, you know, so many people would give up their left, you know, left arm to, to be that good and, you know, and then to kind of throw it all away is just a shame. So. Absolutely. So uh, what's the rest of your weekend look like? This is, this got, are you – you're just with Charles all weekend. Yeah. Is that how Yeah, basically, um, um, like I said, this is my 26th year. Um you know, it took 20 years to get to the enshriny level. Boy, so, you're an old timer, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I, I figured out that I've now officially driven in half of the enshrinements ever done. Wow. Because this wow. is year 52, and I'm in 26. So, wow. uh, um, it's hard to believe because I can remember the first year like it was yesterday. It was 1990. It was the first time they ever put seven people in at the same time. First time it was allowed, first time it happened. Um, I had uh, Bob St. Clair's family because he had a big family, and... Um, it was, and then I got to meet Chris Berman and the ESPN guys and became friends with them. And I think I mentioned one time that I actually got to tour the ESPN facilities because Chris invited us there. And so I made a lot of great friends, and it's just amazing. And every year, it's just there's always stories. There's always fun. Right. Um, sometimes they're not great stories. Sometimes they're <laughs> frustrating stories. Yeah, you um, knew that that question was coming. Yeah. Who drove you nuts? Who was a jerk? Or you, maybe you're not allowed to say. Huh? Um. Let's just say it was an older wide receiver for the Jets. <laughs> oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Um, he just had a lot of hate inside him, and it's a shame. 
because you know people people especially in our town people want to love you um right. you know i think um charles and eddie uh DeBarlo both were um very caught off guard by the parade which oh is, okay um because they're just they just don't understand how big it is yeah i mean it's the biggest non-holiday parade in the country um, somebody said it's number two overall. I, I beg to differ there. Yeah. But I'll take biggest non-holiday parade. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but you know, there's three to four hundred thousand people that line these streets uh, for this parade, and I know that I've seen more, especially when you have a big name like an Emmett or Jerry Rice or um, the biggest I ever saw was John Elway. I've never seen so many people here for John Elway. Right. And I mean the sea of of number sevens was beyond ridiculous yeah um so busy uh, man but um you know i i think i always believe that is the one that really catches them off guard because i mean the gold jacket ceremony they understand is on television now uh the enshrinement they understand but they don't really understand what the parade is or how well i mean people yelling we love you charles and and they're in steeler jerseys and i think that's what's cool about you know, our sport, the, the NFL sports, um, is that they, it's, everybody respects the talent of these players. Like I said, I saw Betta's jerseys yelling for Charles. I saw Seau jerseys yelling for Charles. You know, we love you. Thanks for coming. You know, right. great to have you in the in the family kind of thing. And I am. Uh, well, yeah, and I think you hit right on it, Bob. It, it is um, a family. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, I actually posed a question to, and i see if I can get it right, Rick. Will Shields. Yeah, not Wheel Shields. <laughs> Will Shields. Say it ten times. It's yeah. tough. I'm you can't you. say it once. Oh, I'm beside the point. <laughs> but, you know, talking about seeing some of the players that he grew up admiring, and now he's one of the players being admired, and he says, yeah, it is kind of like, um, it, it is a family because now he says, I have an excuse to contact one of my idols yeah. for a reason, and right. they say okay, you know, because he says, you know, even though, you know, I don't feel that way, they're still one on one. Would you quit doing that? I'm getting the levels right. You just <laughs> you yeah, but I'll make it. Happen. Yeah, I think a lot of them, and like you said, I think going in the family scenario is, you know, they're the younger brother, and they have some big brothers here that right. they look up to, just like we would in our families. And um, you know, some of them can almost appear to be father figures because they're old enough too, but. Um, you know, I think that's what makes it that much, uh, much, much cooler is the seeing all of those generations. Right. You know, the, yeah. the, the guys from the 60s and 70s um, getting a hug from a Will Shields to a Jim Otto, you know, right. and, or, you know, or Mick Tinglehoff getting in so long after, um, you know, he was a great center. I remember thinking he was awesome back then as well. And, oh, yeah. You know, not, and, and, and a lot of people go, who? And I'll go, well, obviously you don't follow the game. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Obviously, you don't. I mean, but uh, you know, he played for uh, you know those great Bud Grant Minnesota oh, teams, yeah. Yeah. and uh, you know, Will Shields brought him up. Yeah. As a matter of fact, because they were both from Nebraska, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, he said he wasn't really familiar with him until uh, you know later on, and um, you know, he found out more about him. Well, then he started talking to him and so forth, and uh, you know really admired the guy right. and he says we talk all the time now yeah right and i think that's what's great is when the guys come back and i always tell the guys i drive please come back the next year 
I said, because this year to, it will be a whirlwind. Oh, I you, can't you, imagine. You, you, right. It's just a blur. Yeah. Um, but next year, when you're just one of the one of the returning Hall of Famers, it's much more relaxed for you. Your time is not as uh, as va- not as I shouldn't say as valuable, but you're not going. 10,000 plays. Yeah, on. not demanded on. And you can relax and you can interact with the guys and hang out with the guys and, right. and have and, and enjoy it. Um, not that not enjoying this year, but enjoy it a little more relaxed than they would the year after. And, and I'd be honest with you, 90, 90% of them come back because yeah. they want they come, want to come back. I was actually looking for, um, and I don't even know if my mic's working right Yeah, now. I think you knocked your cord out there, Rick. And that's something, you did something wrong. Well, hey. there you are. You're back. Start. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was actually, you know, looking for it. I was, I was kind of hoping I'd see Ray Guy again because I really uh, enjoyed talking with him mm-hmm. last year, and he was mentioning about, you know, he would be back for sure. But I just have not. Yeah, seen he's here, him and again. I saw him. Is he? Okay. Yeah, I saw him last night. Uh, shook his hand, welcomed him back. I said a little more relaxed this year, and he just smiled and he goes, "Oh yeah." <laughs> but oh, yeah. he's happy to be here. His wife's happy to be here. She gave me a big hug. Um, so, like I said, that, that's what's cool is, is having them come back, and uh, that's what they want anyway. You right. know, it used to be where we get 70 guys back, and now every year it's over 100. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it. And in, and I think the Hall and the NFL both realize how important that is for those guys to get back, and it's it's always neat to and see them. It's got to be tough for those guys this year. I remember last year just milling around out in the courtyard out here. I met so many guys. Mm-hmm. There are so many people here now. I actually, right before we went on the air, I ran into Brett Kiesel out in that court, right out in the stairway mm-hmm. here. He's getting ready to come down the stairs. Okay. Shook his hand, said, hi, Brett, nice to meet you. All of a sudden, it just, a flood of people. It had to be 400 people just around him. I ran. I got scared. I couldn't be famous. I just, I pulled it. I was out of there. I've never seen anything like it. I haven't right. really run into guys this year like I did last year. Right. It's just such a crush of people. Great right. for the Hall of Fame, though. The one thing that I – and I'm not I'm not complaining, but the one thing I have not had a chance to drive is anybody who I would call high profile. I mean, like Bettis yeah. um, or uh, Jerry Rice or, uh, you know. Um, and, again, not that I'm disappointed to have Charles Haley, but I know what those guys go through because there's even more demand on their time uh, different directions, different things. Um, you know, going through the parade is, I'm sure, was Bettis's driver today was a lot different than going to Charles Haley's driver. <laughs> I can <laughs> because, imagine. Because, yeah. you know, the Steeler fans, I mean, and obviously Pittsburgh fans being close, only two hour drive. And lunatics. Yeah, All and nuts. Um, oh, trust me. I mean, I took my first picture with Bettis Thursday night, posted it on Facebook, and I had, I forget, 108 likes, 20 people demanding autographs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give me an autograph. Give me. A- <laughs> Come on, Bob. You're my best friend. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Am of, I now? I'm a little tired of grown men asking for <laughs> autographs. Quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mean, know, you know, you can have ours right, for yeah. twenty bucks, right? I mean, I'll that's, send it that's, for free. I'll mail it out. We got you. Give me the stamp. Stuff. I mean, heck. Well, yeah, there <laughs> you go. Self-addressed stamp envelope. <laughs> Trying to bring a little revenue in, you just um, give it away. I tell you. But uh, you know, it, it's just it's funny when you have that, but. Uh, like you said, I, I haven't, and I and maybe someday I will. You know, I always said the three guys I would, I would probably want to be to drive before I'd ever retire as a driver would be Manning, Breeze, or Kurt Warner. One of those three. At least. I can't imagine what it's going to be like for for Peyton Manning here. Well, the interesting thing is he's here. He's here. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. I've not he seen flew, him. He, okay. f- he flew in from uh, Denver 
to to be here for Polian. Okay. And um, so, um, and my very good friend, who's a youth minister at my church, uh, whose son is uh, Peyton Manning is basically his idol. Wears number 18 as a sophomore quarterback for our local high school. Um, and his dad is driving Peyton, picking him up at the airport oh, wow. tonight. And, cool. and he called me, and I told him, I said, you realize I hate you. I said, I'm driving in Shiny, and I hate you more. Yeah. And he's only been on the committee five years. Yeah, you, uh, you so won. I, and I said, and if you don't text me tonight at those parties so that I can come get a picture of Peyton, I would, I would, I would just throw in you as a friend. Oh, there, there, <laughs> there we go. There's parties? Uh, off the air, we might have to talk about yeah. these parties. Yeah, so basically. I, I like I, the party. Yeah. They're tough to get in, but I mean, if you know people, it can happen. You know, the, uh, it's brought up an interesting guy, you know, Kurt Warner. You know, he's been kicked around quite a bit here. And uh, just get your personal thing. I, I think, yeah, I, I put Kurt Warner in. How about you? I think you have to. Um, you know, while he was, <laughs> I hate to use the word, but while he was inconsistent in his career, um, you know, where he was, you know, won a Super Bowl, kind of fell off, you know, goes to the Giants, has a bad time, you know, goes to the Cardinals, supposed to be the backup to the ultimate future quarterback, Matt Leinert, and almost wins the Super you know, was 10 seconds away from winning a second Super Bowl with a team that nobody ever gave a chance to that year. Um, the passing yards, you know, the talent, you know, he made people good. Yeah, sometimes I, I, I get a little annoyed at the way people brush over his career. I mean, yeah, he won the Super Bowl, but he was also in another one with St. Louis. Right. Okay. Um, he goes to New York, and it, they just happened to draft this kid, Eli, who they wanted, you know, they invested right. a lot, wanted right. him to play. You know, Kurt Warner, when he was benched, was like 4-2 and two mm-hmm. as a giant starter. <laughs> right. Send him off to Arizona. The media puts a spin on he's going to be a backup. If anybody in their right mind thought that Matt Leinart was a better quarterback than Kurt Warner, had to be smoking something. Can't tell you how many super, or how many fantasy championships I won that year by taking Kurt Warner in the twelfth round. Yeah, because they're all like, I can't believe you're taking him. Matt Leinart's the guy, and I'll go. If you believe that, you're dumber than I think. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> now speaking of dumb, I'm going to make the contrarian opinion here. Okay, is it the Hall of Fame? Or the Hall of Really Good for a couple of years. That's um, my concern. Is one or two great seasons? Because let's be honest, that's what he had. Maybe three great seasons. The season in Arizona and that little run they had with the greatest show on turf. I can't throw out those years in New York. Right. I can't do it. But I how, can't, ma- how many I can't years throw, though, Rick? I can't throw out the fact that he got hurt. Mark Bolger took over, and he couldn't beat him back out for his old job. I have a. I can't let that go. He was really good for a while. Right. Is that what this hall is? I don't know. Maybe it is. You wonder what the criteria is. And, you know, that's something that I think just like any Hall of Fame or any awards, there's always going to be, you know, one of the guys that struck me a few years ago that I kind of went, huh, was Fred Dean. I mean, I don't remember thinking Fred Dean. Charles Haley? Yeah. Two defensive players of the year? Right. You know, he was only in five Pro Bowls, which to me is not a lot to play that many years and only have five Pro Bowls. But two defensive players of the year, 100 sacks, five Super Bowl rings, certainly didn't hurt. He Um, seemed to always be the last piece to a Super Bowl winner. I think that's what sets a Charles Haley But when he was on the field, his domination made defenses have to adjust. Right. That makes you a Hall of Famer. Exactly. Now, that's where I come back to the Fred Dean. I don't remember hearing, you know, 
an analyst on a TV to go, well, they got to make sure you watch after Fred Dean today. He had a few good right. years, but I never, you know. Um, but like I said, Warner, I, you know, it, it, Terry Bradshaw's stats aren't that impressive. That's that's fair. He that's won fair. some. He won some Super Bowls and had a great team around him. Would Terry Bradshaw been in the Hall of Fame if he would have played for the Browns during that era? Oh, certainly not. Probably not. Well, so you're right there. But I mean, you, it's hard to go back to like a Roger Staubach, Terry Bradshaw, that kind of thing, and compare stats. It's well, yeah, you can't totally different stats, game. Right. They used to mug guys the whole way down the field. Right. I mean, yeah, if somebody threw. 25 touchdowns and right. 18 interceptions, it wasn't all that bad, right. you know, considering. But, you know, getting back to your point, Rick, you know, he had 4,800, over 4,800 yards, 36 touchdowns in 2001 as a Ram. Right. Now, did he get injured? Is that why Bolger took over in 02? Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying, he, I, something with I his can't. elbow or something. Yeah. yeah. I remember I drafted him to get it in, to fantasy here first round okay. that year, and it was my first uh, – Two in twelve season and right. last in my life. And Maybe I'm just bitter about that. Though. I'm willing. Hey, to you know, and, and I'm not. You know, and I, you make valid points because he had like th- do. three down years. But did he really not beat Bolger out, or they, you know, they were in transition. They didn't want to spend the money on Kurt Warner, a two-time Super Bowl uh, quarterback. Okay, but I think that. Then he goes to New York for only one year. Right. He was four and two. When he shuffled off right. to Arizona, who was supposed to mentor these quarterbacks, found out these quarterbacks really couldn't be mentored, right. and he took over at the Super Bowl again. I mean, it was like it's never like he went out and had a 2,500 year yard year, throwing 15 touchdowns and 25 interceptions. He just sucked. Well, I, I, I mean, every time he was in there, he actually performed. His stats are actually pretty good. Yeah, and I agree. My my thought on that is, I, I think it. While it bolsters your argument, I think it, it to me it makes my point as well. He goes down, they get the young guy, the next hot thing, and Mark, Mark Bolger. He can't beat him out. He goes to New York. He can't beat out the hot rookie in Eli Manning. I understand the investment they made, the want to play him, but there's not a lot of guys up in that in that bronze statue room up there who the next young guy is going to beat them out. Now it, it happened to True. Brett Favre later. Yeah, but we're not talking about later. Right. We're talking well. And I've always brought up an excellent point, and I'm a big Raiders fan as well as Browns, um, but I always said they always talk about Bo Jackson because of his very, very short career. And I said, do you realize that in the peak of Marcus Allen's career, he was sitting on the bench while Bo Jackson was running? Right, yeah, that, that's You're right. Hall of Famer, Marcus Allen. Yeah. So does that mean Marcus Allen shouldn't be in the Hall? No, absolutely not. It just means Bo Jackson probably could have been if he had played two, three more years, but... You know, same point. I mean, I think everybody, there's very few guys that I think are slam dunks. Right, right. Then it becomes what criteria, and, and like I said, some get in, you kind of go, hmm. Um, I mean, even the guys that are usually the um, senior guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, would Mick Tinglehoff gotten in if somebody doesn't push real hard for him and, and show that he was a great center back in the day probably not but that's what the senior committee is all about yeah right. that's those very guys, hard you know, because Dave this Wolf generation Wolf. doesn't know these guys right i mean let's let's face it tim brown made a, a, a great point uh when I, we were talking on media day friday that he said that he actually told his wife he says look he says if marvin harrison gets in this year he says you might as well forget it for eight to ten years right. he says because i'm done Right. Well, and then going back to the stats thing, that's where that's where it's now going to become the issue. Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Hall of Famers, both had a lot of stats. Right. right. A lot of numbers. Exactly. But then on the other side of that, I think, and I don't remember his rank, 
but for total yards passing, I think Vinny Testaverde is somewhere in the top 20. <laughs> yeah. Kid you not. Look it up. Right. You're going to be driving around Vinny Testaverde someday. Over my dead body. <laughs> um, so, you know, the stat thing, especially, like you said, going into the modern era it is. of it's passing, is it, you can't just say, well, Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce had, you know, 17,000 yards, or whatever they had receiving yards. Right. Oh, you know, so that's more than, duh, you know, Lynn Swan, this and this and this and this. Uh, yeah, but... You know, so yeah, I longevity think we, and, and yeah, I would love to see Lynn Swan and John, John Stallworth in the modern era just to see. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. But, well, and I'm I, sure them great. I but. think the slippery slope we may see, which is going to sound funny coming from guys who do what we do, this isn't a fantasy football hall mm-hmm. thing, and the numbers don't mean everything. Go right. back to your point on Bo Jackson. Now right. this might just be that I'm the biggest <laughs> Bo Jackson fanboy that was ever born, <laughs> and I'm willing to admit that. Right. I think he gets in. Based on not only performance on the field, but just who he is. He, he's something different, something you can't quantify right. statistically. You can't quantify in years of service. Right, right. He's, in my opinion, the greatest athlete I've ever witnessed. Absolutely. Pure and simple. Not, so not you think he, and I think he belongs here. Probably in the numbers of a baseball Hall of Fame, being more numbers driven, I think probably not. There. I, would, I think he belongs here. I would here. not be surprised to see Bo Jackson come in through the senior committee. Yeah, that's what I was because thinking. Because they're, they're, they're very open to not necessarily short careers, but they're very open to um, people who are forgotten about and, and people could go, you know. Phenomenal people, players, yeah. a la Gale Sayers. Right. Six years. Right. I mean, look at him. Right. I mean, you can't deny that he yeah. belongs here. You know, Ray Guy got in. I mean, everybody for years said he should be in as the first punter, but they just couldn't pull the trigger with right. all the other guys. But the right. senior committee can play a different game. Yeah, and and Rick so, and I were talking about Ray Guy yesterday. It's not so much hunting statistics. There's probably guys now who right. put up equal. Oh, yeah. He right. revolutionized right. the Sean position. Sean Lecker, all those kind of guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. revolutionized the, the position. The clock, the hand clock. Yeah. I mean, that's revolutionizing Coffee the game. Corner. That's right. what. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's I think a guy what. like Bo Jackson sort of revolutionized. I mean, he didn't change the game, but for that brief period of time, who he was, right. the, the media sensation he became. Right. Yeah, right. He was before Michael Jordan mm-hmm. in all this. I think I think that factors in for me. But, again, Absolutely. I admit I may just be a fanboy. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, uh, you know, it's those kind of guys. But then, you know, when you talk about him, then you, then people say, well, then if he goes in, then you should put Terrell Davis in. Well, okay, he had 2,000 a year. He had a couple other good years. But, you know. Yeah. Um, you Boy, know, he's tough. He's right on the edge. Yeah, he's right on the edge. Did, and, and did I John think, Elway finally get those two Super Bowls if it wasn't for Terrell Davis? And is that a factor? I don't know. Yeah, and, and I think that's what makes it interesting every year when they vote. Um, you know, I mean, we all sit and go, well, who do you think is going to go in? Well, this one, this one, this one. And there's some slam dunks. Um, you know, like I was a big proponent of Will Shields. I mean, how does a guy go 12 for 14 <laughs> in, in Pro Bowls and have to wait three years? Right, yeah. Years? What? Are well, you yeah. kidding me? And Mick, Fred Dean went in? <laughs> you know, we, were, we were talking uh, before we came on here. Mick Tinglehoff, 240 straight starts. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Because you almost feel like today we're going to want it to become the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. I need to see a highlight reel. I need to see big numbers. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get that out of these offensive right. linemen, and I think they're going to struggle a little bit. And a lot of it goes back to then. We've talked about this a million times, Rick. You know, the, fan, the, the fantasy football stats, the the highlight reels on, on the four-letter networks, you know, and, and everything. You watch old films of, say, Dick Buckus. 
Yeah, they took people's heads off at times, oh. but they tackled, wrapped them up, and drove them into the ground. Oh, yeah. Now it's all about the hit. Oh, yeah. And you see so many misses anymore. It, it, it's because totally ridiculous. Because they're going for the highlight film exactly. instead of the actual tackle. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Um, I, I still like the big hit, though. I'll take Oh, it. yeah. I mean, everybody does. <laughs> Although that's going away yeah, in, yeah. In, in, at some point. Um, but it's interesting because Haley was, was very adamant about He's, he's limping around, his back was hurting him, he's got a rot in his back, he's yeah. got bad knees. And, he's and like, it's funny, though, you talk about the highlight reels and the big hits. You go back into what is it, like the 50s, Chuck McNarrick mm. in that shoulder. Helmets literally flew off of guys. Sam when, Huff. When this guy hit Sam Huff, another game. one. Sam exactly. Huff. Exactly. Yeah, um, but Haley was like, yeah, he says, the way I walk and the way I move tells me that I got beat up more than I beat up people. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. And I'm sitting there going, I think 100.5 sacks say that you won a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah no, no question about it. So so what does it look like around here come Monday? That's what I'm curious about. Um, there will be five cars on the highway. <laughs> that will be classified as a traffic jam. Um, it is a, it's a quiet little town. It really is. Um, I tell people because they just assume this is like this all the time. You know, this is Times Square. For, right. You know. um, but, yeah, on Monday, you know, everything quiets down. The tents come down. Hall of Fame will have cars in the parking lot. Right. We'll drive by it six zillion times and think nothing of think it. Think nothing of it. Um, and you know, it just it, I tell people it just kinda goes back to sleep and it becomes its own thing and um, you know, now the hall's doing more and more things during the year. Like we have a I told you guys about the they're having a Browns Day on the twenty second. Um, and I get to be one of the featured speakers here as a fantasy chalk talk they're going to try. Right. Uh, finally talked nice. these guys into doing Hall of Fame fantasy stuff here. I've uh, been only doing it for five years, yelling at them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my goal well, is... Well, you know the asylum is the home of the only official fantasy football Hall of Fame. That's it. Okay. Hey, so we need to build something. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they give us like 100 square feet Man, They might give you like picture frame there on the yeah, wall. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. The lunch room. There and our uh, big uh, grinned mugs underneath it. But that's what I told him. I said, you know, guys, you really should, within five years, have a weekend somewhat like this, just two weeks later, and have it called Fantasy Weekend. And I said, yes. you know, it's just a matter of, you know, doing that. So, yeah, let's get Dennis on, because I, uh, yeah. I think I got a roll here. It's okay. five. Back to work. Mr. Haley is going to be looking for me. We got to get everybody I don't over think you went late. Don't, don't make him mad, Mr. Haley. Good luck out there. He's Eddie George is standing around doing. Is that Eddie oh, George? Yeah. Out he, uh, All right. He was cracking me up. He's he, now we've become like buddies. He, the entire parade route, he kept smacking me in the back of the head to tell me to speed up. <laughs> so I mean, every time I'm like, Ooh, oh jeez. So so Bob Bob has a concussion. Yeah, yeah that's what Eddie exactly. DeBarlo said. He's like, you're going to give the poor guy a concussion. <laughs> I said, no, nah, I'm fine. You um, know what's cool about this? The way he just said, yeah, that's what Eddie DeBartolo said. Like, yeah, they were just hanging out, having a cup well, of coffee. Oh, you're right behind me. In the, this yeah. is so awesome, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is probably telling them to hit I'm him. about to start fanboying yeah. out again. Yeah, me and Eddie, we were hanging out. It was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could probably do about a six-hour uh, radio session on me just giving you every story of my 26 oh. years of oh, exactly. the, fun, the, the things. Um, oh, it's just amazing. Like I said, some of the stuff. That have heard and not heard and seen and shouldn't have seen and <laughs> like you said or yeah. that's a comment today from Charles so guys so Bob thanks a lot buddy all right Good Bob along the FF Consistency Show Wednesday or Thursdays on the Asylum yeah. Fantasy Sports Network now we're bringing in and now uh, we are joined by royalty yes 
Team right. Royalty. Yeah. I mean, we're going to bow the, here while you, you, you pad. Uh, please allow me to curtsy yeah. as the Dennis Farrell. Thank you guys F for bumping Eddie George, by the way. Yeah. Well, for me. <laughs> yeah, what's he going to say? No, not yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, it's Jerome Bass' this weekend. He it, played second fiddle to Jerome for all his whole years. career. He's, he's not behind me, is he? No, no, no. no I'm watching, though. <laughs> I would like yeah. to see him, though. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's not going to come in and talk. Please. You think maybe we can hold the belt up to him that you got? Yeah, where's the belt? Did you lose it? No, no, it's over there. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll go grab it on the commercial. Wave it around. <laughs> he'll come. He'll come diving in. It's the ring. See something you don't have? Remember that one time your team was like <laughs> yeah. feet away yeah. from oh, yeah, yeah, about a yeah. foot and a half. Yeah. Well, you probably, probably probably shouldn't bring that up. Uh, yeah, do you think? Do you yeah. think that's a bad decision? Do you think Kurt Warner should be in the Hall of Fame, Eddie? Mm, negative. <laughs> I don't no, think anybody does, right? Is there any? I don't know. You know, he's making the argument. I, we're trying to. You I know, say the make an argument. Paul, he's saying Paul no. Really good for a couple of years, and that's what that picture. Terrell Davis is a perfect example of what Kurt Warner is. Guy who was great for four, five, or six years, and then boom, gone. Injuries, whatever. And, and I feel bad for the injuries, but you know, if you cannot have a career that's long, you should not be in the Hall of Fame. A great career. Okay, over how about Gail Sayers? He's here. Yeah. I, I, look, he made that cute movie, he, though. So you look, put he him got in, in, he got in with the sympathy vote. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> well, he didn't like die. It. No, but he was part His of buddy it. died. Well, yeah, his buddy died, but, you know. Would, would Gil Sayers have gotten into the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for that movie? Truth, I never saw the movie. Well, we're not old I don't enough like to remember it. Looks old. Well, yeah. uh, here's a better like question: Rick. Would James Caan have been in The Godfather without that movie? Hey, look, that movie made them both. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I actually can remember Gail Sayers. So, I well, mean, yeah, tells you, yeah, in shocked. silent films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Pat Summerall was still calling him. You know, him and he was in know. his twenties. Yeah, exactly. He just he had just retired from football. But, uh, no, I don't know. It, I agree with what you're saying. I think a career should be pretty spectacular right, to now, get in. I was making the argument with Bob for Bo Jackson, Dennis. Back me up on that one. We've been in lockstep so far. Again, not for, not all, only for his football career, but for who he is, well, the pure athleticism. I can't, well, I can't do it because, you know, once again, this is not the hall of entertainment. Okay, for who he is, I mean, how – What's he? I mean, how revolutionized does, as the best player in two major sports leagues. Now I know we don't have a separate hall for that. But but do you put him in the baseball hall of fame? Also? I don't no. think because baseball to me is a hundred percent numbers driven. It's a numbers game. Right. And, and you can stop me because you're more of a baseball guy than I am. If I'm you with don't you though. Agree. I'm no. I'm with you. The NFL. You know, and that's a discussion we have. This also isn't the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. That's at AsylumFantasySports.com if you want to check that out. I like it. This is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yes. You can't quantify an offensive line. You can't qualify a Will Shields for this year. Oh. Oh, just all kinds of excitement here at the Hall of Fame. Eddie George just walked out. I think he fumbled something. (laughs) (laughs) He got tackled at the two. Oh, the Pittsburgh guys. Yeah, maybe it was a Steeler. I just saw a bald head. I didn't see who it was. Teddy George bald? I assume. Yeah, I imagine. I think he, just... he had a hat on. So you know, then that wasn't Eddie George. It must have been a Steeler way all the Steeler fan women were squealing like women. Right. So, Dennis, you always got 9,000 things going on. What are you up to these days? Got the radio show. I'm finally well, we back. Saw that. I'm back on the radio, guys. Believe it or not. Can you believe they... 
Somewhere Where are you at now? I'm at Detroit Sports 105.1 FM, and if nice. you're not FM, FM. All right. Screw that AM stuff. That's for the amateurs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although I, I'd have been happy to be back on AM. Oh, yeah. you, you put me on 570 AM somewhere. I'll take it. Bottom of the dial. I don't care. Four people listen. Look, look, I was lucky. I was on an AM station once, and sadly, nobody outside a three three uh, mile radius couldn't hear me. Which was yeah. good for everybody with the. Yeah, we did a stint out. like yeah. that, didn't we? We were at the we were on FM, but we were at the bottom. One at eighty seven. Oh lord! Really? However low yeah. it goes, we were two clicks above that. Who cares? Yeah, for about yeah. about an hour and a half, and then they watched. Was that the college the, radio station? Yeah. yeah. What happened with that? I don't. They um actually. Guy who liked us graduated. I assume. Oh. I don't know. I don't yeah, have any idea. That was pretty bad. But yeah, yeah, we going to be part of the uh, pregame ritual for that. Yeah, we actually had to do a pregame for the uh, university you guys tell football you were college. No, we didn't. No, lie. Just tell me I even went there. The college was named after you. I was an alumni. I mean, what you know? That should help. I'd go back. To make friends with this fourteen-year-old guy running it this year. <laughs> I don't know. You it's know. tough, I know, but I think you got to make the, 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 the steps to do it. Yeah. So what do you do? You I got think weekly shows, daily shows. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10 Eastern. Ooh, if you're not prime De- time. If you're not in Detroit, you can listen to DetroitSports1051.com. And sadly, I'll be there. Yeah. Well, sadly. Yeah, it can't all be perfect. You know, Fox Sports Detroit, the, you know, all that other stuff. FantasySidelineShow.net. Tired. It runs a lot. Still, still doing the F word. Is that on the? No, fantasy I, put, sports I got network? rid of that. Oh, I, you know, I do in the fantasy sports network still, but I got rid of the F word. Went uh, back to the look. I'm back like, to the sideline. Yeah, show. I'm like a little girl. I can't make up my mind. <laughs> I mean, do you guys have a lot of little girls listening? Probably not. Okay, oh, good, good. good. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, imagine. yeah, I can't make up my mind. It's you we know, say a lot of inappropriate things. Oh, good. So red dress, a blue dress. I don't know what dress to wear. Yeah, I don't like that. We, we, and we talk about unpleasant things, not football. I, I had a fit about that stupid lion the other day. I don't know how you feel about the lion. That's yeah, stupid. If you're some yeah, tree no, hugger no, or no, something. No, no. I don't, I, I don't hug trees, but I think it is stupid. And I got myself wound up to the point where I think I said I was glad it was dead, and that wasn't very well yeah, received. How, what kind of uh, kickback did you get off that yeah, one? you know, as much feedback as we're going to get. It can't be any worse than my Boston bombing joke on the day it happened. Oh, you made a Boston bombing I joke? lost. Look, I lost <laughs> thousands of Twitter followers in minutes nice. and i've got death threats nice. so when it first happened i don't know if you guys remember at first they were like oh it's just a little explosion right. it could be a gas pipe you know and at first it was everybody's okay for the first 20 minutes so being from boston i'll preference i say that i'm from boston i tweeted out uh i guess boston's gonna blame john lackey for this who was a <laughs> who was a horrible pitcher for the red sox right. right and like as soon as i sent that tweet out there's images of body parts of <laughs> dead kids. And, 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 you know, I couldn't get Life's to my... Life's all about timing, yeah, isn't it? I couldn't get to my phone fast enough to delete the tweet. And then I was, the, you know, we're coming up there to beat your ass. You're, you're, yeah. where, where are you? I'm going to whoop you. Oh, my God. And, I moved to San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, Twitter followers bailing out on me. Mm-hmm. Unfriend. Oh, block, block, block. And I'm like... What have I wow. done? I kill him. I'm on. I'm on AM radio at this time. My boss is calling me, and oh, he's like, gosh. "Look, don't do it again." But I love the attention you're getting because <laughs> he had 22 phone calls from people that aren't even in the state or heard my show wow. about firing me. What nice? Hey, that's good. You know, there's there's a sore spot with us right there. Getting fired? Yeah. It's well, nice. besides, yeah, getting fired. You know, this is supposed to be a country that is founded on on freedom and freedom of speech and so forth. You didn't say anything on the radio. No. Yet you were, people 
do not want you to be able to make a living because you made, you know, maybe a, a, a tasteless joke or said something they didn't agree. It was very tasteless, agree. by the way. I ah, admit that. Yeah, but, I know. Fun. but everybody's feelings are always hurt, Dennis. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so was mine. Oh, yeah, did, you, did you see this thing? I was having a hissy fit this morning with uh, the tweet Vanderbilt football put out. Did you see that? No, nonsense? I didn't. What happened? They put out a tweet, just had some players in the background, and it said, we won't take no for an answer. That was the headline over. Well, apparently they had a couple players accused of rape a few months ago. So everybody went nuts saying, oh, look, they're, they're promoting rape. No, they're not. Shut up. Stop with that. What are you right, talking right. about? It, it drives me out of my mind. I can't handle it. So but well, that is a bad time. Nah, come on. Who would even think about that? You, are you one of not, the, not the yeah, part well, of the United States of the aggrieved? No, is no, that no. You? <laughs> so, listen, let's talk fantasy football for a minute. I've yeah, been itching. Yeah, yeah for a minute. Football. i got to ask you guys. All right. I'm getting a lot of heat. I actually want to ask you one, too, because I got crushed this morning, but you go first. I'm, I'm taking a lot of heat for not liking Odell Beckham Jr. this year, guys. Yeah, you'll get some heat from me on okay, that. Okay, why don't you like him? I think there are red flags all over the all over the place with this injury. You know, he missed four games last year with the hammy. He missed all of OTAs and some spring camp with the same hammy. I think these preseason games are going to be an indicator on how healthy that leg is. And for going, for going, what was he, like going 13th overall in fantasy football? Right. And even earlier, I see him going as high as eight. That's ridiculous. I cannot take that chance on the guy. that And hamstring problems don't go away. They It takes so long to heal. It takes one bad leap, one awkward twist for it to come right back. Yeah. That this guy is scary. This this is a guy that could easily be on the shelf for four or five games off of one crazy catch, and he makes crazy catches. Oh, it, it, He's spectacular, and the talent's amazing. That I I'm sorry, I'm I'm off I'm off on this. And I, I can't I, do it. I think he gets bumped up because of the spectacular fashion of the way he does. Right. So. There comes a point for me in the second round, I think, where he just becomes the best court receiver available. If he's there in the second round. But, right. But, but if I mean, I'm taking with, Dez, I'm taking yeah. Demarius, I'm taking Antonio, I'm taking, I think I'm taking Jordy Nelson over him. I'm, I'm still taking, taking Calvin. Uh, you know, Calvin, Calvin, yeah. Calvin. How, why has he been forgotten? How low do you go before, you, you know what I mean? Who do you, all do you take? Where, where as low as you will go before A.J. Green? AJ Green? I think I take AJ over him. I think that's the line. I, think I might, might lean be, Odell there, but that's the line. I would take Jordy Nelson me. over him. Yeah. Right, me too. He's to me late in yes. second round so far, which I don't understand. You know what? Maybe Randall Cobb. Look, is I his value Randall if Cobb. look if, if his value is higher and if Odell Beckham Jr. did not have this injury problem, I would put him up in the upper echelon, right. probably top four on He's wide receivers. He's between, between, three behind Antonio and Dez for me but, if, but, if you don't have this concern. But that, that, what do you pay for peace of mind? Peace of right. mind to me, and oh, exactly. I'm worried. I don't know if he's going to be 100% healthy all season long. Right. Yeah, he could be that guy that ends up on the uh, injury report all season long and, you know, game time decisions. And this could be a disaster for him. Yeah, it, you see it, you worry about it. The heck of it is, if he's going to miss four, I'd almost still take him if I could get a mid-second round tag on him because eight, nine games of him is better than right. 14 of anybody else. It'd have to you, be the mid-second round, football. though. I mean, right. I'm not taking him in the first. He's I'm not, not taking him nine. early in the second either. I see him like if you're in like the uh, 12 and 13 scenario, right down in that area, maybe at the end of the first, beginning of the second. I, I can see taking him there if – well, yeah, I mean, I, that's about where I have him. Uh, Do you Jordan, have any concerns about the injury or no? Of course. Am I the only one? No, I think any hamstrings are a concern. They're, it's terrible. 
We know how speaking, you feel about those soft tissue injuries. Speaking of soft tissue, I saw that uh, Arian Foster's muscle was actually detached. Yes, ripped right off the bone. bone and yet they keep like, talking oh, about only four to six weeks. Yeah. I don't Spare buy that. For a sec- or games. I don't think it's weak. I, I think it's well, games. Well, they're going to put him on the sec- pup anyway, so right. he can't come back until week six, right. is it? And then, look, Chris Polk's going to be the guy, right? I, I think, it isn't blue. No, I, I don't know who but down. I know it's not blue. Blue will be the third down guy. I firmly believe that, that, that that's where he will make his money. But I think Chris Polk, who had you know a decent career in Philadelphia when they let him play, he's going to step in. And if Polk is putting up numbers, there's no way they're going to let Arian Foster come right back in right away, take 100% of the carries. Right. They, I don't if, think he can. No, even if they work him back. It won't be until week 13 or 14 before you right. see him again. You put the word groin and surgery together. <laughs> That's yeah, bad. That just isn't a recipe for fantasy success. No. He's going to get some carries. He's going to get some work. But he's not. It's crazy. And when the owner's taking jabs at you, right. your time is up in that club. Let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. I don't think he comes back. I wouldn't be shocked. So so I want to ask you. I've been getting yeah. pummeled all morning. Are you doing any of these super flexes? I'm starting to hate them. It's a little cumbersome. As far as I'll go is two quarterback leagues, but right. this super flex, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in tapping. my third or fourth super flex because that's all that's drafting now, right. being the sycophant that I am. And I, I think, didn't we end up sponsor this draft or something? Yeah. So I did one of these for this outfit. So you can before. get crucified. Right. And <laughs> it, went, it went a little quarterback heavy, but normal, what you would okay. expect. This one. 29 quarterbacks were taken in the first seven rounds. What's the scoring system? Is Which, it like it's normal 100? quarterback scoring? It's got weird crap. It's because of the two quarterback, the, the, the super right. flex. All right. right. And so they started bashing on me because after seven or eight rounds, I only had one quarterback. Well, when I got to the fourth or fifth round, and the best quarterback available is freaking Geno Smith, I'll wait. You can't do I'll any wait. worse. That's right. Exactly. So the barrage on Twitter started. You know, Fligger's a jackass. He's only got one quarterback to this point. I only have Manning to this point. He's an idiot. So I write back and I say, look, if passing, G- if skipping Geno Smith in the seventh makes me a jackass, that's a cross I'm willing to bear. Right. Oh, oh it starts. Two quarterback, Geno, your worst quarterback any given week will outscore whoever else you'd have drafted in that spot, which is complete and utter nonsense. Really? And there's just this one troll who's just poking at me, and I know we're supposed to be above it, but I like to get right in it. Is he like and a he said, You're fantasy drinking. expert troll, I, or I, I, is I, he a troll troll? I think he's just a douche, I'm okay. guessing. I'm not sure. The fantasy douche? I like him. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I actually like him. Now, look, well, you, know, you have to be pretty good, too, to brand yourself that way and be as successful as he is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're 100% right. This has been, always been my problems with taking running backs in the first two rounds that everybody loves is when you're reaching on your second running back, they're still you're going after the 17th, 18th, 19th best running back at that point, while the third, fourth, and fifth best wide receivers are still on the board. I was never a big fan of, i got to get two running backs. And you are passing up on so much other great talent out there to reach on mid-tier, bottom-level running backs that you could get the same production if you hit a lottery ticket in the fifth round on somebody. The funny part is, though, is it's gaining so much traction in a lot of the, the mocks and, and you know the air quote leagues, expert leagues, and so forth. Some of these running backs you get at the end of the first round, you're doubling up with a Marshawn Lynch and you know before the injury, Arian Foster. You know you're really not reaching now because now it seems like there's such a run on, on wide receivers in a, in a lot of these leagues 
the it, talented it, running backs are now falling to the right. second round. I'm with you. But you you can't tell me in the last couple of years, you know, you can't find listen, this year, uh, let's see Andre Allenton's draw up into the, like the sixth round. Amazing value there. You have uh, you know, Joseph Randall is falling deep into drafts. Darren McFadden is falling deep into drafts. That's my boy. Yeah, I'm a huge McFadden fan I'm this all year. In. Oh, I'm in. Because of that, Both it's, the, up, yep. it's the offensive line. It, that's all it is. And the fact that he's taking half the carries. That's why I yeah. like Randall better. Because he's going to be playing longer. Let me ask you this, though, about Randall. When's he going to do the next boneheaded move that might make him miss games? That's, that's a good point. He you know, like last year he that. stole underwear and deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> You're an NFL player. I I'll mean, never understand. No, I, I don't, unless it was a gag and he's protecting somebody. Well, that could but, be. but you never know with a guy like that what his next boneheaded move is going to be. And I think they both have great value. And one of them is, I think they're, I think Randall's only going two rounds ahead of McFadden right now. But to me, the last couple of years, from rounds five to rounds ten, are littered with with lottery ticket running backs that you could take three or four of them, and if you hit on one, you have a fantasy championship. There's still the guys hanging on to Joyke Bell. Over Abdullah. Too early for me. You know, he's going around 5 and 12 team yeah. leagues. He's injury prone. I. But that's the point. I mean, don't you think Abdullah's going to be the number one guy? Here's the thing. I, if Joey Bell goes down with an injury for an extended period of time and, and you know, Abdullah has to take it, I do think it will be a 50-50 split with a Theo Riddick. Now, I think Abdullah will get most of the carries, and you'll still see Theo in a lot of the passing downs. But I don't think it will be clear cut. Right, and but you have you to get on for, one of those guys. Right, don't forget, Joy Bell basically compared himself to Barry Sanders this offseason. Yeah, so did. I put a lot of weight on that. Let me too. Throw, I believe that. Let me throw out a name in PPR leagues that people are forgetting about. I absolutely love the season, Danny Woodhead. Yeah, he is oh, gone, yeah. gone completely forgotten. He's one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think huh? the loss of Antonio Gates out there actually well, bolsters him. Here's what people forget: Melvin Gordon's having trouble picking up pass protection. Right. Danny Woodhead in 2013 was a top 13 PPR running back. He had 76 catches. That's not going to stop. Right now, he's going to be in the passing. This down. is a guy even in PPR league. I'm getting in the teens. Yeah, 13, he, 14. Yeah, he in 2013 he had over a thousand yards rushing and receiving. He had like seven uh, combined touchdowns. Guys, this guy's going to step in, and you're right. No Antonio Gates means more targets for him. And by the way, Stevie Johnson's another guy I love. Yeah, I do too. And yeah, fantasy owners have short memories. He was hurt last year. He's gone. They, they, you just don't remember. Well, you do well to remember him. I agree. But Stevie Johnson, I love him in that San Diego. I think he's going to overtake Malcolm Floyd. Is he? Malcolm WR2. Floyd's 196 years old. Right. <laughs> I mean, the guy. He's a little, almost as old as I am. Eddie Royal's gone. They say Stevie yeah. Johnson's going to step in and take that slot in outside position. Oh my gosh! You know, he's three-time former thousand-yard receiver through 2010 to 2013 at 23 touchdowns. Oh, I'm all in. Buffalo. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Frickin' Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? I, Who is in what the the quarterback purgatory? Purgatory. Oh, yeah. Like they're that. now the Texans of bad quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a yep. high praise. Right? Thank you. I try. Hey, you're close to this whole Detroit situation, being a big celebrity up there. I am shoved all in on Golden Tate, and I I'm too. getting a little heat about it. No, you shouldn't. Look. Here's the thing people forget. This is a second-year offense with the guy that basically developed the New Orleans Saints offense, okay? Matthew Stafford's going to have a better year. People are sleeping on him. I love him to death. You you have Calvin Johnson, who's having a little bit of trouble lately staying healthy. 
which will mean more touches for Golden Tate. You bring in Lance Moore, who knows the Saints offense, will take pressure off both those guys. You have a run game that's starting to grow with Joey Bell or Abdullah or whoever is there. This is an offense that's going to be a, a force to reckon with. And you're right, Golden Tate and PPR leagues, I think he could finish as a top seven wide receiver this right. season. And, and what's odd, Calvin's been forgotten. Nobody wants any part of Golden Tate. This is a this isn't a team that generally wins, but this is an offense that moves the ball and it's gonna score points. And from a fantasy perspective, I don't know if it's the Detroit. I still don't understand why Johnson's falling. I don't get it. Megatron, how does how do we forget about him? Because he was a little nicked up last year. He was a lot nicked up last year. All right, year. but but uh, you're right. You're he's right. still uncoverable. He's, he's st- a robot. He's it, starting to get that tag of injury prone, and right. I don't agree with it. You you get a small rough two years, you can you can power out of that. And, and he can play hurt. He's not a Des Bryant who can't play hurt or look, has the reputation of being unable. Look at a guy like C.J. Spiller. When you bring up C.J. Spiller, everybody goes, "That's an injury prone guy. I don't want him." Right. But oh, you, 100%. Yeah, I agree. you guys forget through 2010 to 2013, he only missed three games well, last season. Well, true. Well, I think his rookie year was big, and he had some okay years between those three years. But last year, he was injured big time, missed right. most of the season. But, you know, now he goes to New Orleans. He's all but it's forgotten. Intriguing, I'm all in, and especially, what's he going, six, eight round? And right, be, right. He, I have him projected for 60 catches, 600 rushing, 600 receiving yards, and eight total touchdowns. He's uh, going to get down the first four games. <laughs> Who cares? Because that's why he's going to play. Well, that, look. I'll, I'll, no, I, I am one of these guys. I can't throw in on him simply because you're worried about, like, the hamstring with Odell Beckham. He scares me to death. It seems like every time you want to go in with this guy and say, I believe in C.J. Spiller, it's like, yeah. I'm, but, but the Saints <laughs> like, now. Yeah. Now there's some the hard-hitting analysis. But, you know, we're, we're looking at a whole different offense that's, that's based around passing. So his production will go down a little bit. And, I, you know, I look back at Frank Gore when I say this. Uh, you know, addition by subtraction. You take away carries from Frank Gore, you know, in 2014, he got tired, or 2013, he got tired at the end of the year and didn't produce. 2012, he was phenomenal. Right. You take away those carries to hide, he was a great running back all season long because he had less carries. I think that's going to happen with the C.J. Spiller, a Darren McFadden, where less carries equals more production all season long. All right, last one. We're already overtime. It here, doesn't Rick. matter. We're at the Hall of Fame. Well, I'm getting tired of talking, and I can't. Yeah, gotta, we got a hall to walk around, guys. And I can't. Yeah, we got a. We okay, got a to go out to. Let's I, do. We have two more. You have two, one. All right. Convince me why we're hopping on Matt Stafford. Because I tell you what, he's had one great year. He you had 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, 16 picks. Other than that, he's a 22 touchdown guy. What? 15, 16 picks. No, no, you are 100% right, but here's why. Part of it has to do with eighth round. You can pick this guy up eighth round. Bam, now, do you, do, you, do you believe in what Lombardi, who was the offensive coordinator in New Orleans, do you believe that he could build a New Orleans-type offense? In yes. Detroit, oh, yeah. Which will help Matthew Stafford's numbers. True. Last year was the first year they developed a short game because let's let's not forget Matthew Stafford used to be a gunslinger. You know he was Brett Favre throwing interceptions and touchdowns like crazy. 
Now this year they develop a short game with the guy. You bring in a passing game. Lance Moore, Calvin Johnson's going to be healthy. Golden Tate steps up another year in this offense. You know, if Joe Bell misses and Abdullah can catch the ball, Theo Reddick can catch the ball. I really believe, you know, I was conservative. I said 35 to 37 touchdowns this season. He could have 40 touchdowns. He could have another 5,000-yard passing season. Could, could, could. But realistically, 4,700 yards, 35 touchdowns, That's I think that could be realistic. In the eighth or ninth round. In the eighth or ninth that's round. That's the big thing. I think it's realistic. I don't know. I just want to see it last three years, 20, 20 touchdowns, 29, and 22. I thought it's, last year out. Last year was a learning season of him becoming a quarterback. You had I'll give you head, that. You yeah, Caldwell, who, by the way, did, wasn't he the quarterback when Peyton Manning was there? He helped cultivate him into a good quarterback. Right? Yeah. Okay. Caldwell, so, right. Look, you've got two coaches that have a good track record of making a quarterback productive. Caldwell, Lombardi. I'm, I'm buying in on it. Not, and I'm not a Lions fan. I'm a Patriots guy. Hate me all you want. Uh, I get it. I know. I understand. We'll, uh, we'll pass on to that one. Uh, but We don't you know, have to do the deflate gate bit, do you? Maybe later. <laughs> maybe later. But there's We're going to do another show tomorrow, maybe. Well, it'll be the deflate gate show. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but there's a culture being built around there of, 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 you know, you're putting talent around the talent. All, All right. right. Does that, did, I, did I convince you or no? No, I'm still skeptical be, only because... With, when you have Calvin, unstoppable force. But Calvin was hurt all, uh, most of last year. No, I'm not year. talking about last year. I mean, even other than that one year, he's just not, you know, seemed to break through as, man, this guy, let's build a I team around Year seven, him. he hasn't yeah. really done right. much. But, but anyway, but, you yeah, know, I, I'm believing more. Are you gonna, I'm going to take him over Tannehill. I'm going to take him over Phillip Rivers. I'm going to take him over Eli Manning. You know, I think the cutoff is Tony Romo. I like Tony Romo a lot, but Tony Romo, you know, I'm taking Tony Romo over him, of course. But, you know, if you miss out on all those guys, if quarterbacks in your leagues are going around six and you haven't gotten one, you know, yeah. Stafford will be there. Stafford seven. is my Rivers of a couple years ago. You know, it's, it's like, you know, this guy, he's got it, he's going to break through. And Phillip Rivers continues to disappoint. All the time. Okay. I'm just hoping Stafford. I thought Phil Rivers was your boy. He was oh, until the last right. couple of years. He oh. they just lay an egg, especially in the second half of the season. It's same terrible. thing about Matt Ryan. We're all still waiting for Matt Ryan to right. take that a leap step. Yep. And, and with the weapons he has, there, there's just no excuse. Right. All right, last one, and we, we're going to go uh, soft shoe around the the Hall of Fame grounds here. Every piece of empirical evidence tells me I am dead wrong on this for any number of reasons. I cannot shove in at the price tag. I see this guy being ranked number one overall at the running back slot from a lot of experts out there. C.J. Anderson's a guy who makes me nervous. I understand all the arguments we're going to give me for he's going to be the greatest thing since Priest Holmes and what year was that, 01 or 02. Something about Denver. There's something about certain places where, irregardless of what else is going on around it, it's only anecdotal for me. All the numbers back up C.J. Anderson being drafted in, in the top eight. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. You know, I said this about maybe even New England last season. Name the last time Denver had a running back do what he did two years in a row. Right, right, exactly. It's it, never who you think it's going it, to be. You're right. And C.J. Anderson, as much as I like him, I go back to peace of mind. I can, I would rather have Matt Forte over him because I, and it's going to cost me a cheaper draft pick too. Right. Yep. You know, I give me a 
gosh, what are some of the top? Uh, God, yeah, let's see here. He's going ahead of Marshawn Lynch. I, I'd rather have Marshawn. Right. Me as too. much as I hate Marshawn, at least you know what you get. But, you know, I don't know what I'm getting with CJ. You, you know, you can have him, and if you win a fantasy championship, you were right. I was wrong. Right. But if you draft him with your first-round pick, how many years in a row did people go out and take these, you know, hot-off-the-market right. running backs mm-hmm. and are stuck holding nothing? Or right. wait, stay in Denver. Yes. It was supposed to be Monty Ball. It was C.J. Anderson. It was supposed to be. Monty Ball's still there. I think yeah. Monty Ball gets 30% of those carries, by the way. I don't even remember who it was supposed to be when it was no Sean Marino. Right. And you just keep clicking it Ronnie back. And it, like that, yeah, the, right. and it goes like who that all the, the way back nope. to Mike Anderson. It goes, since Clinton Portis or left. Landis Gary. Right. Landis since Gary. Clinton Portis left, somebody is going to be a legitimate running back in that offense, but it's not who you think it is. Uh, no. It's pure and simple. And I won't take the risk. I won't do it. The same. That's still Odell Beckham. I'm not going to take that risk. C.J. Anderson's the same way. i got to see it one more year before I take C.J. in the first round. Now, if we're getting into the end of the first round, we're 12-team leagues. It's 11-12, right. and he's there. Yeah. Maybe, but I still wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. about yeah, that. I, I mean, you see guys like Marshawn Lynch making it through the turn and being I'd that have Alfred 14th. Morris in oh, Alfred Morris is a guy. I, I think he's going to have a huge year. If what they're saying down there in D.C. is true, that they want RG3 vanilla, that's their solution to all his problems. All they did in the offseason for the first time in my lifetime, at least in the Daniel Snyder era, is work on the defense, work on the offensive line. They are setting up to run the ball a lot. Contract year. Right. And granted, his stats have fallen every year he's been in the NFL, but Alfred Morris every I blame year. I think RG3 for all of it, though. Right. I really do. But Alfred Morris still has 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns each of those years, and he's going at the end of the second round. Yep. Love it. Absolutely. Sometimes the beginning of the third. Well, Rick, I think we're out of time. We are at an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm freaking exhausted. Dennis, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Well, I sat over there, and I was like, God, I really hope they invite me over. Well, you should just come I was over. Like, it's like, just snatch the, the microphone up. Rock, are you sit there and be yeah, tweeting like you're all studious, and well, we didn't want to interrupt. Listen, and then... Bob Lung needs all the press he can get. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, if you come over, you slap the microphone yeah. out of Lung's hand and say, did. do you know who I am? I, I, I almost yeah. dropped a belt in the front of his face and just like, get out. Right. Go drive yeah. somebody up. around. Stand up. Listen, oh, Stacy. Go, go, go take another lap. Yeah, go, exactly. go take someone. Isn't there a guy with a gold jacket you got to take yeah. dinner right. or something? Yeah. Move it, Bob yeah. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Slap his be. back or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got to quit being so polite around and That's I, what it comes I, down I barely to. even knew who Bob Long was until I heard you introduce him. Oh, no, no, we saw the, the, <laughs> the magical uh, gathering. I had a good picture of you guys doing the show, by the way. I was pretty impressed with that, although you were hidden behind Bob Long. Yeah, of course. Yeah, behind Bob Long. Well, let's be on face for radio. That's right. You know, but I tell people how old he is, but people are really struck he, by yeah, guys, he, he looks the way as right. old as we say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. I, but you know what? With all this gray in lines and everything, there's a lot of wisdom back in well, there. That's, that's a stretch. Yeah. Wisdom? A lot of dead brains off, too. But the 70s were rough on you, pal. They were great, In though. the 60s. All right, they were well, well, tell everybody, the, the seven of them who are still listening, where they can find you, and we'll get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R. R-E-L-L. Facebook me if you're not on Twitter. It works the same. Mine's the 77. You can find me on Detroit Sports 1051, DetroitSports1051.com every Sunday morning, 8 to 10. Kind of doing this. You two will be on eventually. Nice. Whenever I get my schedule. Eight's a little out. early. So. Well, well, maybe we'll pre-record. Don't it. worry. I'm up there all we the time. Go. Well, yeah, I mean, you're at 4 o'clock watching <laughs> Matlock. So, 
<laughs> it works out. Murder, she wrote marathons. Oh, you know, Andy Griffith, he was a young little <laughs> lawyer there, wasn't he? <laughs> Good Lord. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys. All right, well, thanks for joining us. I'm not even going to mess with the board, no music. Nah. Right? So, I say check us out on Saturday, 1 o'clock, EasternFantasySportsNetwork.com. We will do a second show here from the Pro Football And Hall check of out on AsylumFantasySports.com the priceless Charles Haley audio. Yeah, yeah not safe Three seconds of gold. Yeah, earmuff the kids. You're going to want to check that out. Until then, we'll see you. Take care.